0: To be joined by uh, a man who's become a regular part of the Ref Army and always gives us incredible information when it comes to keeping you safe, the weather, whatever it might be, Dr. Kevin Clazel is in the house. You can follow him on Twitter, at Texas Embassy. First of all, Dr. Clazel, it was really cool to see you last night. Man, Did you, you had told us to be wary of that 6 to 8 p.m. window, so did it play out a about, unfortunately how you thought it would early last night
1: yes uh i think it probably lasted a little bit longer with storms in the area than i thought it was going to but yeah it was there was no surprises <laughs> so we were ready to roll
0: Why can you help us understand because i get a lot of questions about and I, and i don't really know how in depth you can or or, or what you can say but the eight-mile rule, what's the genesis behind it, and obviously how hard and fast is it? What What should fans know about this and, and how important it is for their safety? Yeah, it's it's
1: almost the rule is the same everywhere, but the application is somewhat unique to each venue, and part of that is, is all about safety. Uh, for example, it takes more time to evacuate the metal bleachers at Hall of Fame Stadium than it does to evacuate the entirety of Gaylord Family Memorial Stadium. Oh, wow. Um, So we get 96,000 people out, eighty-six to 90,000 people out in less time than it takes to get the couple of thousand out from those bleachers just because of, of egress and access and such. And so the safety radius was implemented due to research. And research found that if you have a lightning strike, that the next lightning strike in that sequence is likely to be anywhere eight miles from that previous one. Now, certainly that's not all lightning strikes. I mean, we've seen lightning strikes land 10, 12, 15 uh, miles out. And we had that last night, actually, that second lightning delay Mm-hmm. That storm was a good 15 miles away, uh, and then the next lightning strike was at 6. Oh. And so it was like, uh-oh. <laughs> you know, we've got to do something now. Uh, but, of course, that was the only one, right? So we, we waited, you know, the 30 minutes and then got back to it. But that 8-mile is, is really steeped in research. It used to be 6. Uh, oh. Actually, it used to be 0. If you go all the way back to, like, the 83 Iron Bowl, Uh, that they played through lightning and a tornado warning. The 84 OU Texas game in the Cotton Bowl played, you know, through a torrential rainstorm and lightning. The the radius used to not exist, uh, but because of lightning fatalities each and every year and the lightning fatalities were on the rise, uh, many organizations put together at that time what was a six-mile radius but found that we were still getting uh, lightning fatalities outside that radius. And so, you know, what we're trying to do is we've got – so many people packed in a small space up there on the hill. Light standards, metal bleachers. Uh, it's a it's a cozy place, right? It's it's not a big, expansive ballpark because of the size of a softball field. So you have a lot of people in one spot, and trying to get them out and sort of to distribute the risk is a real challenge at that location. And like I said, it's a it's a lot
0: easier to do it.
1: With 86,000, 90,000 in, in Norman than it is for 12,000 in Oklahoma City.
0: That's wild. Why, why is that? Just because of the, I, I guess, easier access to ingress, ingress and egress at Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium and the fact, I don't know, is it also the newness and still kind of understanding how to evacuate people out of the stadium uh, with the upper deck? Yeah, it's
1: it's not so much newness. It's, it's simply access points, right? I, I think one of the things we have – a luxury is, you know, our stadium in Norman is a much more expansive concrete structure with wide concourses and a lot of room to put people out of gotcha. harm's way. That's not the case up there. Um, and so when you when you have to say, you know, what you're safer in your car. What we're trying to do at that point is we're trying to pull them in enough time to get them to their cars. So. We may have to pull, you know, maybe 20 minutes before we expect the lightning to actually get close enough to be an issue. Uh, but what that means is, is people leave the stadium and then they just stand outside the gate at the, yes. the fence, right? And it's like, oh. uh, it's, it's not a good solution up there. I think that if, if I'd had my druthers putting that upper deck on it, we could have maybe done some additional things. But again, that's costly. That's expensive and uh you know, to try and secure that concourse maybe a little bit more than than it is. it's quite open down there, and so thats
0: that's very dangerous. Gotcha, okay, so that answers my question you you basically even though it's not <laughs> it's not in a situation to where you have you know any any call over how it's controlled, you're not protected whenever you're just underneath there in the concourse right it's it doesn't give you what you get say even in uh a, a Gaylord family, Oklahoma Memorial Stadium, right? It's liability right. issues, I'm sure, are involved, too. That's why they tell people to leave the stadium?
1: I, you know,
0: I don't know. Again,
1: trying to distribute risk, right? Gotcha. It, it, we don't want a whole bunch of people clumped together. Right? We see this with lightning strikes and people, lightning strikes with animals, lightning stri- you know, on the golf courses, under trees. You can have quite a few injuries and fatalities in a clump of people, and so what we're trying to do is get many people into a, a shelter as possible, knowing that uh, that stadium up there on the hill doesn't really have a whole lot of space to put people.
0: All right, I two more, Doc, and I'll, and I'll let you go because I know you've got meetings today and you guys are getting ready for tonight's game. How are we looking for tonight? Could we end <laughs> up with this? It's a 30-minute it's scheduled earlier first pitch at 630. How do you feel about maybe what we're looking at here this evening?
1: I, I think that the possibility for a carbon copy is is certainly there. I will say this. Some of the data early this morning, uh, I will say it's conflicting. We have some indications that the atmosphere is just not quite as energetic as it was yesterday, which is a good, good thing. But we did have some storms overnight down in Southwest Oklahoma that will kind of seed some new storms as that area rolls towards central Oklahoma. So, we'll have to watch that during the course of the day uh but again we we'll play it tonight right i mean mm-hmm. between scattered storms and things like that it it's going to get played tonight
0: awesome news and then i guess the final thought you know more than anything else is are are you are you able to enjoy this are you watching it i mean or is it just constant communication with the NCAA <laughs> and the, and the coaches because here's what's what's so hard about it too dr clazel everyone wants answers and you, you just you kind of don't have it. It's like, listen, if it doesn't strike lightning again, we're good to go. Uh, in fact, I was texting with Toby Baldwin, and he goes, "Yeah, some some strikes keep popping up, but thankfully they they minimize very quickly." So I guess my question: Do you get to enjoy the games? Or are you are you too busy monitoring what's going on weatherwise and having to inform everybody?
1: I will have to go back and rewatch it because I have no <laughs> idea what happened last night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If you just start watching in the fourth inning, you're good. You don't really miss right. anything from the first to the I third that. inning. I
1: don't have to watch the first three, then. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're. Hey, temperature. I know we have a game tonight. So that's right.
0: Six thirty. Uh, Temperature-wise, what can fans expect? What should they bring to the ballpark with them? Uh, Clothing-wise,
1: it'll be a little toasty. Uh, Eighty-seven, humid. But uh, if you were at the park last night, you know that these storms can produce some cool air. And we got that nice breeze. It sure made things feel nice. But we had a, uh, you know, a bunch of folks going to the uh, merchandising stand for, you know, a sweatshirt or a hoodie or a, an extra layer last night. So it's, uh, it could get cool after dark if we have storms in the area.
0: Sounds good. Thank you, Dr. Clazel. Always appreciate you, man. Thanks for keeping us informed and safe. Absolutely. We'll see you tonight. See you tonight. That's Kevin Clazel. Josh, I'm watching the highlights now because I was not familiar with the 1983 Iron Bowl that was played in the middle of a tornado warning. Wow. What's the lightning radius here? Lightning radius? What the hell are you talking about? Get these boys back out there on the field. Ain't how, no one going to get hurt.
2: How things change in 40
0: years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no way you're playing that game now. Zero percent chance. Oh,
0: my gosh. It might have been canceled before they even had a chance to take the field. Uh-huh. All right, that's good. That that was that was educational, right? I felt like we learned some things from Dr. Clazel.
2: Absolutely. It's always educational. He's the best.
0: You want to um you want to get Coach T in Let's here? Let's do. Yes. Been a good day on the phones 405 329 the Riverwind Casino call-in lines. What's going on, Coach T?
3: Hello, Chris.
0: Mm, hello, Coach hey. T. Hey,
3: hey, you know what Lee Cervino said, didn't you?
0: What did Lee Trevino say?
3: Well, during lightning, he says, you just carry a one-iron one iron, because God couldn't even hit a one-iron.
0: It's true. This is true. For me, it might be a three-iron the way things have been going recently, but hey, I completely, hey, totally I'm, agree. I'm,
3: I'm glad I wasn't there last night because I didn't know if I was going to make it at the house and stay awake. Golly, it was forever. Mm. But uh, well, Florida State, I don't, I don't understand what she was doing last night The coach.
0: I don't understand it. I it's a stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm going to play cut here at the bottom of the hour. Or when when it's only ten thirteen, and I'm trying to plan things for ten thirty. Coach T, what's wrong with me? Uh, when we come back after you and I get a chance to chop it up here, I'm gonna I'm gonna play what she said. And I don't really felt like anyone asked the question that needed to be asked. I mean, Nicole Arbach tried to, but I mean, I I wish someone, and I think I would have the cojones, Coach T, to say in this moment. Hey, it, this is game 1 of the championship series. This is where you set the tone on Friday nights all season long outside of one series. Coach T, when you no. open the women's college world series, you went with Cat Sandercock. The the only one series this year was she not your opening day starter and our opening game starter and you go with this Tampa Bay Rays strategy or whatever it is. I mean, and when it worked for three doing. innings, go to her. I just, I don't get it.
3: I don't know what she's doing because when they, when the TV came on and they said she wasn't throwing, I couldn't believe it. I said, that's just like Tennessee, same deal. I, I don't understand it. And I just, and then somebody says, well, she ain't going to throw the second game either. They're going to save her for the third game. Mm. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah. my God. But Hilarious. I mean, Hey, hey, OU put the beat down on them last night, and you could see it in their faces. I don't think they think they can beat OU right now.
0: You know what? That's the thing. Hey, Coach T,
3: am I going to see you out there tonight, by the way? No, I'm staying home. Hell, I'm too old to go
0: out at night. All right, buddy. I appreciate <laughs> you. somebody. <laughs> I know you hey, would Have a
3: great night, Chris.
0: See you Coach go T. Go Sooners. How has is, how is Coach T gone – from this show being on the air since 2016, so 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, eight years, and he's a regular caller to the station. Now, granted, for what, Josh, like five, six of those eight years, we did a two-hour show and didn't take a lot of calls, right? I think that's fair. Kind of felt that's like. That's true. It's a two-hour show. How lazy am I if I just sit here and take calls the whole time? But how in you know seven eight years has Coach T gone from someone that we hardly ever hear from to one of our best callers? I just—it's
2: a fascinating transformation. It's it really sort of is. like that neighbor that you've never talked to. You don't <laughs> dislike them, but uh, they're just kind of there. And then all of a sudden, you have one nice little meeting outside, and all you know of a sudden, your more.
0: buddies. Yeah, you know what? That's by the way, Josh. That's all of my neighbors. That's every single one of them. It's And it always happens. We have the most dude-like relationships with all, I guess you could say, three of my neighbors around me. I might not talk to Wes for three months, my neighbor, my neighbor to my right. But when I see him, it's like, Wes, dude, what's going on, man? And he's not a sports guy, so we're always talking about, like, farm stuff and like his cows, and I'm trying to sound cool, or I need to have him help me with a, a chainsaw. Then there's, you know, I, I got Jerry down the street. I might not talk to Jerry for three months. But then all of a sudden, I'm like, Jerry, what's up, dude? Boomer Sooner, huh? How we feeling? How are we feeling? And Tanner, I mean, I might be like, Tanner, I need you to go kill this armadillo that I got trapped. But you talk right? I think that's Coach T.
2: I know. And what a nice thing that's happened here.
0: It's been great. Breaking news, by the way, in the sports world. Uh, Jack Swarbrick will step down in 2024 as the athletic director at Notre Dame and will be succeeded by NBC Sports Group Chairman Pete Bavacqua.
2: Oh, man. That's uh, a fascinating development, is it not?
0: Well, this just – Hello, Big Ten. Yeah, this just takes every single conversation – about conference realignment and throws it into an absolute tailspin because is Bavacqua, I mean, you literally are hiring a guy with a TV background and with NBC. So it's either one of two things, Josh, either some of the Notre Dame regents, and by the way, the presidents and the regents, I don't even know if it's considered regents at Notre Dame, by the way, I'm sure someone will correct me. Either they got tired of waiting around and are like, dude, just give us a new idea in here so we can get in the Big Ten and make a lot of money or get in the ACC and make a lot of money, whatever it is, or or it's, hey, bring the NBC guy in here so they know that we're committed to NBC and that Notre Dame's still going to be its own network. I don't know. But this, to me, would signal, hey, Notre Dame's in play for a conference. What's up, ACC? What's up, Big Ten? Right? Maybe even SEC at that.
2: I would say so. I mean, my initial reaction was, th- this is floodgates to the Big Ten. Y- yeah. You literally just had NBC sign on with the league. Sure. And they've got this big primetime deal, and that's been the uh, NBC's been, Notre Dame's been NBC's baby for years. And it it just would seemingly, I mean, it would be such an obvious correlation to make.
0: Yeah. All right, quick break. No, no, you know what, I, I promise Notre Dame this. and
2: Stanford, there you go.
0: Notre Dame and Stanford to the Big 10. That'd be a pretty interesting fit, wouldn't it? Yep. But haven't they started to say that they're not they don't care about the AAU thing as much or is that just is that another one of those fake reports that I keep seeing thrown around on Twitter, who one guy says anything about conference expansion and you treat him like he's Walter freaking Cronkite?
2: <laughs> I do think the AAU membership is probably less important than maybe it's been in the past. But I just say Stanford because of the relationship to Notre Dame and Mm -hmm. because of the relationship to USC. So uh, the historical significance there, if you bring Notre Dame in, Stanford would be an obvious addition. It would make sense.
0: Mm. Uh, Oh, this is is a really good text to put a wrap on this conversation involving the weather and then Coach T jumping in. From the 405 – the eight-mile cutoff for us at USA for Lightning, there are multiple access points where fans could easily leave, but to the players and safe zones for the girls, everybody's pushed out the same way. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. You know, you could, and I don't know, maybe this 405 texter could help me out here too, and I don't know if that's an NCAA thing, but I would imagine that it would be easy to get everyone out some of the, the back gates and allow them to get out to the parking lot. If necessary, I would imagine that would be a route, right, that could easily be used. I don't know. But, yeah, there's that's a really good point. I mean, it's tough. It's I never even thought of it that way, how hard it is. Like I said, I, I felt like that people are safer inside, underneath the awning, than they are outside, huddled up. But the whole point is for them not to be outside and huddled up. They just don't have anywhere to go. Where are they going to go? They're parked at the... Zoo, they're parked at the, at the uh, fair, I kept saying fairgrounds, the horse track. It's tough. Good point. Uh, 918 writes, that guy's voice has this ready for the SEC. <laughs> um, oh, this is good. Pottstown, Pennsylvania Sooner. Pottstown, Pennsylvania Sooner has something for you, Dr. Clazel. He writes, hey, tell Dr. Clazel to use the government's weather modica- uh, modification device to keep the storms away. <laughs> All right, so quick break. Gary's going to join us at 1035. When we come back, Lonnie Alameda explained her decision last night. We'll hear from Patty Gasso. I haven't even touched the post game sound. We haven't even really, Josh, dug into the Knippe Chevrolet text line yet in depth, have we? No. Need to uh, probably do just that. We'll do it coming up right here on the ref. Stick around. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. We are at Cavens Group on a Thursday. Cavensgroup.com at Cavens Group on Twitter. Facebook, Instagram. We're going to talk about fire investigations with Gary when he comes in, and also, you know, what you need to do when you purchase a home as far as mold testing, so you don't end up in a spot where mold remediation is a problem or an issue. All right. Um, do we? Did you feel like from the presser that we ever really? Got an answer about the lack of the use of the ACC pitcher of the year last night, Josh. I don't know how much of it you listened to, but I don't, like I said in the open, I don't know if the question was really asked, like point blank, like, hey, why, why didn't you go to Cat Sandercock? Or why didn't you use Cat Sandercock? Or why your ace who started this World Series against, when you had to win game one of the World Series, Josh, who did they start? Cat Sandercock. In every ACC series but one, when you want to start off with a dub, who do they throw? They threw their ace. Now, listen, I'm I'm not complaining here. Oklahoma won the game. But afterwards, when Lonnie Alameda met with the media, I think it was Nicole Arbach who asked, hey, was there ever any idea, any thought, any thought, concern? I guess concern wouldn't be the uh, proper word, but plan to go to Kat Sandercock out of the pen?
4: Nope. Um, I think uh, if we had a lead, definitely, you know, could have done that. But, you know, definitely sticking to the plan that we've had all year. And, um, you know, I, I think they're a really good team in making adjustments. So needed to see what we had, you know, from our other pitchers too. So, um, you know, and then once they got the lead, there was no reason to. And, you know, now we've got game two. And, you know, if they go with Jordy, they go with Jordy. And then, you know, if they go with someone else, then we got a different look. But at least we got some looks at Jordy.
0: So that sounded to me, Josh, just quickly before Gary joins us. I mean, they were only going to use Kat Sandercock last night if they got a lead in Game One of this series. That's that's what she just said. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay.
2: Being just, tied with Oklahoma at that point is like a lead.
0: I, I that's what I thought. It was scoreless. You hit one batter. Let her. Kinsey Hansen's come to the plate. Let's see it. I yeah. right. I've got much, much more from the post-game presser coming up. Uh, including Patty Gasso on what happened in the fourth inning, Patty Gasso on Geordie Ball, uh, teams using different approach and how the Sooners approach it, and Kinsey Hansen's take as well. But right now we are where we always are on a Thursday, Cave group. Good morning, Gary. Good morning. How are you, Chris? Well, I'm softballed up, man. I 100%. Walked, I walked in. I told this earlier. I walked into the door, and it was, it, it like, warmed my heart. Jessica V, like, right away started talking softball to me. The... um. Probably not one of the top five sports fans that I know uh, in my life, but as soon as I walked in, she's like, "Gotta be a fun time for you." It's like, "Are you asking me about softball right now?" Then I know your your wife brought up a great point too. She's the biggest softball fan I know, but she was like, "I don't want it to end tonight because I don't want the season to be over." Then I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> but it's pretty cool, right, to see everyone that's jumping on board with this right now. It
5: is. It's awesome. It's amazing. It's just. It's really cool to watch
0: and. Uh... You know, it's just amazing. You're busy though; you don't get that time to sit down and watch all the games. So, tell us <laughs> about what's been going on at Caven's Group. How you've constantly, you know, brought on new opportunities and new ways to help business owners, homeowners, property owners. I mean, you're you're here to help once the disaster strikes. The first call that needs to be made after the uh, after the fire trucks leave. First call that needs to be made whenever. Someone hits your window at work, but yet in the same vein, you're also finding new ways that you can help out the business owner, aren't you? And fire investigation has been one of them.
5: Yes, fire investigation has been another one. So obviously the fire department does their investigation everything. What we do is we come back in after the fire department leaves, and we do an investigation to build out a packet uh, to use with the insurance company mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that they're taking care, of, uh, taking care of everything. Because once you clean everything, well, then you um, go back to normal and the insurance comes back and says, well, the, the fire only affected this part of the building or this part of the house, not the rest of it. Um, in a lot of cases, the smoke and ash and stuff like that affects the entire house. Um, a fire that was at the house next door. That smoke and ash can affect your house um, or your building. And so what we do is we come in and we do the uh, this new uh, testing methods. that are brand new. They're outstanding. They're great. And we send them off to our laboratory. And then we turn around and we put together a report that can be issued to the insurance adjuster or the insurance company, basically stating um, per the laboratory and this testing visual report a written report and everything that we do you know this part of this this part of your house or this part of your business needs to be cleaned or the whole business needs to be cleaned or the, there was a fire in the de sac but i live five houses down <laughs> but the de sac house was a total loss right but there was smoke and debris and everything in the air i'd have uh, smoke and ash in my house and my house needs to be cleaned um, and then you take this packet and you issue it to the insurance company, and then that you know, the covers getting your house cleaned. So it's just basically documentation. Um, it, it's a lot of new stuff that's just brand new to the industry. We're really excited about it. Um, some of it's been out there. Some of it's brand new, and it just allows um, you, the homeowner, you, the business owner, to better hold accountable the insurance companies because the insurance companies on the back side are getting uh, more um, harder to work with in some ways, mm-hmm. in shapes and forms. And so we just want to make sure to give you all the tools uh, to make sure that, you know, they don't take advantage of you.
0: Cavensgroup.com is the website to check. Uh, you can also pick up the phone. And if you have an issue, Amanda is here to help. Just point you in the right direction, 405-573-3048. Uh, Gary, talk. let's talk about mold and mold remediation and the problems that it has. You know, we're in that roller coaster of a weather window right now to where you get great weather and it's hot and it's sticky, then all of a sudden it rains nonstop. Uh, not, not good as far as mold concerns, but also not good when you're going to buy a home to make sure that you're not buying a place that's already infested with mold. You can help out with homeowners on that, potential homeowners, I guess I should say, with that, too.
5: A hundred percent. Building owners, homeowners, you're buying a new building for your business, you're buying a new home, you're buying an investment property. One thing you want to make sure of, obviously, you always do a home inspection. Everybody does that, but home inspectors aren't trained on uh, mold mold investigation mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So what we recommend is you call, you set up an appointment for us to come in, um, you know, either prior or right after that home inspection. Um, And what we'll do is we'll come in and we'll do a mold inspection on the property and make sure there's no uh, mold on the property because a lot of times mold can be hidden. uh, It can be unseen and you could be buying a problem with a a house or a business uh, building with a lot of health issues for your employees or your family. And so for, you know, a little bit of cost, You know, it's better to make sure because uh, buying a house is an investment for you and your family. Buying a a building is an investment for you, uh, too. And so you want to make sure that you're, you know, you're protected all the way around. Um, You know, and a lot of times we get into a situation where, um, you know, people just don't think about this and and this kind of stuff. But it's always good to be proactive than reactive on these kind of situations. And, you know, this isn't something that's really... um, Impressed upon um, in the industry, uh, but I think it's something that's important because you don't want to be buying a bunch of problems uh, and a bunch of health issues for your family. So always just uh, you know having some testing and and stuff done before you move, you know before you buy, just to make sure that
0: there are no issues for your fa- health issues for your family or your employees is always a good thing. And and again on that mold side, I talk about this a lot, Gary. You identified how big of an issue this is for business and homeowners, uh, I, I want to say many years ago, and you've studied, you've trained your crew, you know what to look for, you know how to protect not just, not just your, your home's overall value, but also your health, too, because there's a lot of issues that can go into mold issues, mold problems at your home.
5: A hundred percent. And, you know, and that's, that's what we're here to do. We're here to help. You know, if you see water staining, you see water issues, then that's when you want to start getting concerned a little bit about mold. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this time of year, mold can start growing within 24 hours and then become, the, you can start seeing spores in behind the walls in certain areas within five to seven days. So, you know, it's one of those things with the, you know, when the humidity high, uh, mold feeds off that and needs humidity and needs water and it needs a food. Uh, drywall backing, um, any kind of cellulose type material, um, any kind of organic material it'll it'll feed off of it and it'll grow and it'll become an issue. So you want to get a hold of, ahead of it and, and it's definitely an issue this time of year because we have so much rain um, and we have the high humidity. So if you see a mold issue or you think you might have a mold issue, call us um, call talk to Amanda talk to Jessica talk to Kathy or talk to Jessica C and you know they can get you set up for a mold inspection we can come out and see what's going on and see if you actually have an issue or if you don't have an issue um, we do a ton of these every week we um, sometimes there's something sometimes they're nothing uh, but we always want to try to to uh, help out and and uh, make sure that everybody is healthy as possible we and you know the other thing we see a lot this time of year too chris is water inspections mm-hmm. water intrusion in- inspections. so if you're getting water into your property you want to stop it before it becomes a mold issue and so that's something whether it's a roof leak or it's a uh, groundwater leak or slab leak or you know just us any kind of leak we can uh, we can basically come in investigate it write up a report and uh, and we can turn over the report, and so you know how to fix it, and where it's at, and stuff. So the so there's three different kinds of inspections we do: uh, the fire, mold, and water. And we're here, you know, we're available 24/7 for emergencies for water pipe pipes breaking, flooding properties, uh, commercial and residentials, uh, coming and helping clean up after a fire, um, crime scene cleanup, uh, and mold testing and
0: mold removal. You do it all. Uh, one thing I want to mention before I let you get out of here, and I always only think about pipes bursting during the cold, but it can happen. <laughs> it's exactly. not just the freezing. You could have older pipes, and you don't necessarily uh, know it. We had one on Campus Corner
5: this Oh, week. did you really? Yep, over there by Tower Nutrition over there on Buchanan. Um, a, a line just uh, ruptured in the sidewalk there. Huh. And so, you know, we've uh, it's being inspected by the city of Norman, but we dispatched our, uh, our Caven's plumbing team they did some repairs and then um, took care of it but it happens that's mm-hmm. where i'm going with that it does happen this time of year and you know we do we are available 24/7 to help if your property does flood
0: yeah 405-573-3048 it's the first call after you call the fire truck the if it's you know anything with damage to your property Gary is here to help so final, go ahead
5: yeah we also had a car that hit a hit a house <laughs> lady backed into our house and hit a house and we did the structural Um, Securing it, brought in our engineers and everything too last week. Um, So you know um, we we also do that. And you know it's really good to follow us on Facebook, Caven's Group, on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter too.
0: And let's not forget, got to mention Chris. Got the roofing side of things. We're going to get. There's more concerns about some storms and maybe some hail on them tonight and over the next few days. You got to make sure that your you got to make sure that your home is is protected by quality roof and doesn't have any issues and you guys can check that out free inspection
5: that's right and commercial maintenance commercial and we serve us from v. tulsa busy. that's right just gonna be very busy from tulsa down to norman all over oklahoma Our commercial maintenance teams our roofing teams and our emergency environmental response teams can help you
0: you're the man thanks gary I appreciate Thank it scary cavins from here at Cavens group cavensgroup.com quick break back to the post game press conference next on the ref all right welcome back into the plank show We are on the road at Cavens Group. Let's see here. We got a quote from the new athletic director at Notre Dame about conferences. According to Pat Forty, incoming Notre Dame AD Pete Bavacqua, whose name I'm just, I hope that's how you say his last name. I hope it is. Kurt Bevakwa was one of the first baseball cards that I had, Josh, that literally whenever I got it I was like, this guy's a major league baseball player? It's like he had a pencil thin mustache. So now I hope that's how you say Pete's name, maybe they're related. But it said, quote, "I'm a fan of independence for sure." It's another element of what makes Notre Dame different. You buying that, or is that just the line you got to give when you take this job?
2: I think that's the line you got to give when you take this job. I, I like independence for now.
0: <laughs> right.
2: But hey, m- maybe this is the hire that they've made someone that has a built in relationship, of course, with NBC that can secure a long term TV deal that keeps them with NBC and competitive
0: as an independent school. So, again, the breaking news of the day, Jack Schwarbrick, Schwarbrick is stepping down as Notre Dame athletic director. He's not doing so until 2024, and there will be a new AD, and he's already been hired. Pete Vavacqua will take over, and he was the chairman of the NBC Sports Group. I do, I do kind of like this idea, too even though they haven't really determined the exact date of Swarbrick's departure, I don't know much about the background of Bavakwa, but I'm just going to guess, Josh, there isn't a ton of athletic administration work in that background. Hold on, I'm looking before I make myself sound like a fool. And if there isn't, then what an opportunity to learn for a year and kind of understand the ins and the outs of the job. Let's see. He was, I don't know, there's nothing here outside of going to college. <laughs> he, he was a walk-on punter for Lou Holtz, graduated magna cum laude, earned a, a, a doctorate at Georgetown. Yeah, he's, he's been involved in the PGA, the USGA, and NBC. He's never worked as a administrator or anything in college sports. So it's kind of like, hey, we like you. We think you could be a good athletic director. I know you've never done the job, but why don't you take a year? It's like George – this dude's like George Costanza. He's watching like, you know, I think I'd be a good sports analyst. I think I could do that. Well, they usually give
2: those jobs to people that <laughs> played sports or went to school in
0: broadcasting. <laughs> I feel like that's what Kurt Pivakwa P- P- Pac- P- Pac- P- Pac- has done. He's like, I, uh, I want to be the AD. You know what? Let's do it.
2: That's a good you idea. You could be a good AD, but. You
0: haven't done anything, but all right.
2: Well, that's not really fair.
0: <laughs> well, let's try it out. All right. Two quick cuts here from Patty. We'll get a break. We'll get to the text. We'll get our top five stories of the day. Uh, it's the Plank Show. We're on the road at Cavens. What a day. Oklahoma wins last night 5-1 to one over Florida State. Lonnie Alameda was asked about throwing different pitchers at Oklahoma uh, here's what she said.
4: I mean, they're a really good team at making adjustments and creating momentum. So, um, if you're going to keep yourself in a ball game, you've got to be able to combat that. And so, um, and it depends on you know what you have in the circle and, and maybe the situations too. So, um, so I think there's a little bit of what you have in the circle versus a Lee or a Coleman, but then what you have situationally on the field too, and do you have that in the pen to be able to match that up? So, um, so yeah, I, I think the staff option is good. Um, But, again, the more you play them, the more they get to know, the more they make the adjustments quicker. They're just a really good hitting team, and they do a good job of that. And I'm super impressed by that. It's really intriguing to me. And then they try to get me better as a pitching coach on that side. Um, But, you know, today we needed to hit the ball better and take advantage of things to give us a chance to be on both sides of it. And those are the adjustments we need to make tomorrow.
0: Again, I think the overriding question from this, Josh, is still, when you had that moment, you can talk about looks and how many different looks that Oklahoma is going to get and so on and so forth but you had a chance in the fourth, if even for an inning. You know, three three batters, and we might be talking about a different game if you go to your All-American outside of a pitcher in McKenna Reed that, again, I she's not bad. She's freshman. She has great record, great numbers, but I'm a little bit shook since what happened against Tennessee, right? The, the Lady Vols came out, and Karen Weekly had wisely pointed something out to the umpires, and they called her for three freaking um, – three um illegal pitches oh did i say five to one i'm sorry five zero i apologize i told everyone that asked me what the final score was going to be last night i told everyone i thought it was going to be five to one i think also to florida sooner and for you josh i think that's the first time we've actually given the score of the game on the show today <laughs> i think throughout this show it's just been coming out hot and in my mind i was like was my prediction right or was the actual score five zip but, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma's going to get an opportunity to see her. But I, just, I don't understand a waiting. I don't I, I don't understand the wait. Inevitably, if you want to win a title, you've got to throw Kander, uh, Kandercock. Sandercock, right?
2: Yeah. It was going to take uh, probably multiple great performances from her. And yet an opportunity... To, yeah. to hand it off to her in a situation to where you were right there in position to maybe go win this thing, and you elected to opt for rest when there's potentially two games left in the season. I mean, it's just it, – it makes no sense, uh, unless she's hurt. But uh, if she's healthy, there's there's no defense.
0: All right, here was Kinsey Hansen on those adjustments.
4: Um one thing about our offense
5: is we embrace challenges i know that we work on a lot of things specifically at practice that we will we know we're going to see in the game so going into this game we knew that they were gonna try to take a different strategy possibly we know that there's a bunch of different challenges that people might throw at us to catch us off guard a little bit so going into it when that did happen and that did occur going into the second time through the lineup you know it didn't really phase us we were kind of excited to see the challenge and just excited to get a different look Join
0: into it yeah so they knew they knew that they were going to see someone other than Sandercock to start this game and in the end it didn't work all Right. quick break more post game next plus your calls at 405-329-9000 your texts on the Meyer chevrolet text line 405-651-3439 it's a plank show right here on the home of sooner fan all right a couple quick texts here all oh, twitter's been pretty good too i've I always say, hit us with your tweets at Plank Show at Josh Ref, and I never read them. Uh, I had a chance to see Jerry Ask, uh, Askins last night. I see Jerry a lot. I like Jerry a lot, former lieutenant governor. Uh, governor. In fact, Jerry, whenever we were in the elevator, you were the more popular one. It was awesome. The most popular one. Should be, Jerry. Uh, Askins, uh, Askins tweeted at us and said, the win streak for OU softball is entirely within this season. Seems like the next few longest win streaks overlapped a couple of years. To me, it makes this current record even more amazing, especially with so many high-caliber pitchers across the one softball. Yeah, you know, I think it's a great point, and I go back to what Kenny Gajewski said whenever he was talking about the relentless nature of this Oklahoma coaching staff on the recruiting trail and the consistent success because we're in one of the greatest eras for this sport. Athlete wise, player wise, development wise. I mean this is we're we're seeing the best of the best play this sport. So yeah, I I think it's a great point. And then give give me your thought here on Gary at SoCal Sooner 2. I love me some Gary Bonner. He writes Alameda's explanation set off four alarms on my BS detector. Even the way she said it told us she didn't believe it either. In some ways, I lost respect for her for that. I don't know if I'm going to go that far. I appreciate it, Gary. I understand it. But it was just very nonchalant, right? Yeah, you know, we had a plan. Yeah, a plan. Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. Talking
2: like it's any other series throughout the year. It, well, we're just sticking to what we've done throughout the year. Okay, well, that might be your mistake, Lonnie, <laughs> that – this is the national championship series. You don't operate like it's a regular season series against any ACC opponent. It's time right. to, to bring in your best arm. It's time to use every last option you can to try and take down Oklahoma instead of playing scared. The, the idea that we're not going to throw our ace against their ace. We're going to save ours to be rested. You don't have that option. You're the underdog.
0: Mm. It's unbelievable. Doing a wild nugget as we go to the top of the hour, courtesy of Coach Karen Johns and Destiny Martinez. Florida State versus Jordy Ball in 2023. In the regular season game, with two strikes, Florida State hitters 0 for 9 with six strikeouts. Last night, with two strikes, 0 for 11 with 10 strikeouts and zero hits. Stanford scored all their runs on Oklahoma with two strikes. Florida State can't even sniff the ball with two strikes off Jordy Ball. All right, top five stories of the day. There's other things we're talking about next right here on The Ref.